0: This is Rich from the Metal Cell podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Gary Kelly, vocalist and guitarist with Molly Barron. How are you, man? How's it going with you? Well, great, man. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem at all. No problem at all. It was a happy circumstance that, that I found you. Like, I get bombarded with a load of emails from record companies and stuff. And um, I tried to go through a lot of them, but uh, just the Gary Kelly's. I went, Jesus, he's surely Irish, and I was looking down. Yeah. Then and I went, the other three lads are French. Hmm, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, we reviewed your track on the forums, man, and I just said, oh, because I loved the, the whole album. So I said, Jesus, maybe, maybe you might be interested in coming on the show and telling us what it's like to be living over in France and playing metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, who who was it that hated
1: my lyrics? Uh, Danielle. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> you can't please everyone, huh? <laughs> I
0: know. As I said, like with the three them, they're all into different types of music. So oh, I, of there's no there's no point in me hitting them with the same stuff that oh, they'd Jesus love, obviously.
1: Christ. Listen, uh, I, I remember reading a review about, uh, about two years ago on our first album. And uh, it was just like as if we had all come along and Rob stolen his wife and had an affair. <laughs> he was so angry with us. He was just, like, what is this shit? Was he English? No, <laughs> oh, some French guy. All oh, right, there, okay. Just angry little dude, and he, but God Almighty, he hated us so much. Yeah. <laughs> so we kept it. We kept the review just because it was just, it was so, it was so much beautiful hate in it that it was just funny, you know. Yeah, it's it's
0: <laughs> it's mad the way things go. Like I mean, you certainly have been getting fantastic reviews with the new album, anyway, if you've
1: been yeah, uh, no, yeah, watching. It's been- yeah i yeah i been. the thing is uh yeah it was good to see um it was good to see some like a lot of english reviews this time because obviously in the last album we didn't really um because I'm based in france mm-hmm. uh we we got reviews uh but they were all kind of small uh French webzines and uh how we, good we, is we your did, french whats that how good is your french well Google translates fantastic <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was using that to, to to sort of translate them all, but uh, yeah. So to see your to see small reviews in uh, French, I was I was thinking well, that that was great, but I was longing to see some English reviews, uh, yeah. you know, in my own native language. So yeah. yeah. So this album in particular has got a lot of um, a lot of English reviews yep. that I can read. Some people hate it, but well, no, actually, no one really hates it. Mm. Uh, but. Um, there's there's a few people who don't like it, but then there's uh, most of the reviews have been really really positive, which is which is great. Yeah. So
0: how does the Dubliner in over in France, man? In Paris, is it? Is that where you're based? Yeah, yeah,
1: Paris. Uh, a woman. Ah, <laughs> city of romance. Oh yeah, well. yeah, exactly. Actually, that's where, <laughs> actually, that is where I met her. You know the old cliche, huh? That's but, classic, uh, man. Yeah, it's funny enough. Uh, it was actually two of us came over, uh, two friends to. Uh, my other Irish friend, and we're both now with two French girls. He's married to one. The wow. ones I actually met when we came over. Did you just come over on a weekend or like? Yeah, that was That's it. nuts. Man. So, uh, yeah, 11 years later and, and I'm here. But I, I was, um, the one thing you like. You have to do, when I came over here, I, I'm a graphic designer, so I was just mm. sitting in the apartment every day working on my own. I didn't know anyone. I had a cat. Actually, that cat I was talking about earlier. Uh, had a cat. That was it. So I decided I had to get some friends somehow, you know. And I hadn't played guitar in about 15 years. So took- what, you're in your
0: mid-twenties? Is it when you were over in Paris? Or
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I hadn't picked up a guitar. Didn't uh, didn't do anything. So I, I decided, right, well, if I want to meet mates, I'm going to have to start playing again. And uh, picked up a guitar and... I just realized what I was missing. You know, I was like, mm. Jesus Christ, all of these years I haven't been doing. It. And I realized that I, boy, I picked it up when I was 13 in the first place, you know? You self-taught? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can't, it's like with French, I can't bear to learn <laughs> the theory of anything. Uh, but it's like even music production or anything like that. Uh, I, if I, I can't do a tutorial, I have to learn it myself or it doesn't go in. Yeah, Similar enough area. You know, so I, I do that with everything, but, uh, what was I saying? Did you just start composing a few demos? Is it? So I just, I met up, um, I, I put an ad in a, in a uh, mag and joined a death metal band. So I was a guitarist in the death metal band for about two years. What? God almighty, yeah. man. Yeah. So, uh, so I met a good few friends. And through that, again, you know yourself in music. <laughs> so I met a drummer through that. And I met another guy and I met another guy. And basically, that's where all my friends came from, just that small sort of scene. Right. And... Um, while i was in the metal band i was you know i i was i was i wasn't playing my own music it was the music mm-hmm. that was already composed and i just i I, was, I wanted to do my own stuff so in the background i was doing i was working on the first album okay
0: and was it originally going to be a solo album or, or did no, you want... No no
1: no I, I was never going to be a solo album i was never meant to sing either like i was um, i composed the album with the idea to get a singer Okay, and that singer was going to have to write all the lyrics, write all the melody. Of course, so was, that's the other
0: side of it, yeah, you don't...
1: Yeah, he was going to do it. So I was thinking, yeah, Grant, I'll just write a load of riffs. And I never really even gave it a second thought. I said, some poor old bugger's going to have to do all the hard work and put all the <laughs> lyrics on, do all of that. I'm not going to have to worry about it. Uh-huh. Anyway, after two, after I got the band together, we couldn't find the singer because um, it's in Paris. Uh-huh. And everyone had a mad this and that accent uh-huh. when they were singing. Art of our American. <laughs> oh, yeah, exa- or exa- yeah, exactly. But I couldn't have that, you know. So yeah. eventually, um, man, search for about two years. Uh, fucking no, So then I just decided right, I was going to have to learn to sing as well. So yeah. uh, sing and play at the same time, which was, <laughs> that, was the, that was the hard part. But then I had to go and do all the melodies. So I had to re-engineer all the fucking songs. Do you know what I mean? Jesus. So how long were you sitting on some of those songs then for before I made the band, I worked on them for a year, six months to a year. Okay. I'd be working on them, mm. and then when I when I formed the band, we just start playing the tracks in the studio. Okay. Okay. And we didn't play. We didn't play our first gig until about 2017. We released the album. Had no idea how to do promo. I didn't know how to release an album. Just released it and said, "A lot of people are going to hear this now." Nobody fucking heard it. (laughs) It just disappeared, and we were like, "Why aren't we stars yet?" (laughs) And honestly, it was it was terrible. So then we 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 hold
0: on a while now. So you you produced it and engineered it yourself as well. How did you manage to figure
1: that stuff out? Just uh, well, I've been using Cubase for years. Okay, Cubase. I uh, I was doing a lot of kind of I was dabbling in electronic and dance music years ago, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, some. um, orchestral music, kind of uh, soundtrack stuff, like doodling, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I had already learned Cubase. Uh, that's why I use Cubase. But um, so yeah, it's just I, I just start doing it myself. But man, I made so many mistakes on the first album. Mm. So many mistakes. I had to do a lot of it again. I had to, to re-record everything a load of times because I it's such a mess. Um, but yeah, um, it, was all uh, it was all just done in here, in, 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 in essentially my, my bedroom. You know?
0: Jesus, and um, what about the other two lads? Yeah, Steve and Sebastian were witches from, from the start, were, yeah?
1: Yeah, they were from the start. Seb came about uh, three or four months later. Uh, and so for the first, for the first album, yeah. I had to... Um, so I program all the drums as well. So then I found a guy, a session drummer, right. in, in, actually in Nashville, to record the tracks for me. So I I send them over all the MIDI files and I just say like, that's exactly what I want. Like Mm. you can do a little feel differently here and there, but don't veer off it too much. This is exactly how I want it. So generally they come back, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it's it's basically the the same as what I've written. So um, yeah, so the tracks come back from uh, Nashville I get that all here. I compile it all. And then I don't mix it myself mm. because I have to take it away to get it out of my ears. I have to let somebody else yeah. hear. So uh, I, I have a guy in Belarus. He's fucking awesome. Yes, he's the guy that makes this one as well. He makes this one as well. And you know what, man? I've never spoken to him in my life. <laughs> we, we communicate over Facebook Messenger. Alexei, isn't it? From Grave Town uh, Productions. He's, he's fabulous. Yeah. And uh, I've worked with him uh, yeah, twice, and he's a Russian, so it's like, uh, <laughs> he'll just tell you to fuck off. He- he'll be like, um, you know, say, listen, I really need you to do this. No. Yeah. Oh, all right, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's such a huge process you undertook, you know. Um, yeah. And how did you come up with the name? Did that arrive Maybe. roughly at the same time as the recordings were done or were you still struggling at that stage for I a name? I was
1: struggling for names. Oh, Jesus, struggling really, really hard for names. It's always the hardest. You wanted something that was going to roll off the tongue, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I'm a big Thin Lizzy fan. Yeah, you can hear Molly, it in your there's plan. Really, there's no real, uh, <laughs> There's no real magic behind this name, man, I'll just tell you that much. <laughs> uh, Molly is from uh, Whiskey in the Jar. Okay. Well, we dropped one of the L's and I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> and Baron is uh, the last Baron from uh, Mastodon. Ah, nice. No, okay. I always said Molly Baron. It's nice, you know. Yep. And I always love, I don't know, I always like a, a lady's name as a band name. I think hmm. it's pretty cool so Molly Barron we dropped the L because uh, there's a dude in South Africa called Molly Barron <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we said oh, right well sick, yeah but man you go, you go on to uh, go Google Molly Baron like M-O-L-L-Y there's so many ladies called Molly Baron in the States as well so. oh lad, yeah that oh, means, uh,
0: makes sense certainly you wouldn't find any fucking bands even with the one L in it there was Molly Hatchet was there a band oh, called yeah. Molly Hatchet yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. There was. I thought I saw there was another Molly, Flogging Molly. No, Flogging no. Molly were another Flog one. Yes, Molly. you're
0: spot on. Yeah, Jesus um, Christ. But,
1: uh, yeah, so that's really how it came. came so then
0: you you had the songs, you the the band title, and yeah. being a graphic designer then certainly
1: helped as well. Yeah, I, so I did the sleeve. Yeah, excellent. And, um, which is it's really different to our to our new sleeve actually, but uh, so I wanted something atmospheric uh um yeah so i I worked on that uh but you know what trying to when when you're doing your own music and then you you try to design the album as well suddenly your head is so in it that i don't know you kind of you can sometimes lose focus you can like Mm. sometimes you need to step back and let somebody else do it Absolutely, and I uh, so for th- for this album. Oh, sorry, maybe I'm jumping too far ahead. Am I? Uh, yeah, I want to stick with the original debut. Oh, verse, right, okay. Uh, yeah. no, no, I just I just created that, um, which took took quite a long time to uh, to figure it out. What, what exactly what I was going to do, but um, I did find although the artwork is it's I it, it, I I think it's quite nice. It didn't allow me. Um, it didn't give me much scope. Okay for doing merchandise for, for, um, I don't know, just for branding the rest of the campaign. Yeah. I really like, I mean, that's my job. I probably should have known a little better <laughs> but uh, because it was a photographic image. It didn't reproduce very well. It's no, small, it wouldn't. Yeah. You know, so like, look at Macedon, for instance, what you're wearing. Now. Their graphics are always really bold and illustrated, mm. you know, um, which is always the way to go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm still happy with the cover, but uh, yeah, I probably should have thought a little bit more about it. And the teams running through that album,
0: then you said before in an interview, they were kind of politically motivated. Yeah,
1: honestly, it was just, really it was just uh, during the uh, uh, the uh, the hysteria during the, the 2016 election in the states. Okay, Trump, you know, corporate media, yeah, just mainstream media just fanning the flames. That was it, really. I mean, we were all just bombarded with it, so. Yeah, I just, I just, I just kind of wrote about it naturally. I, I didn't, I didn't actually, uh, it wasn't intentional. It just sort of kind of happened. I mean, because it was just in the news 24-7 on the 24 cycle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's really what it was about. And out of those um,
0: selections of songs there, what songs really are you happy to play live now? Because I mean, as I said, yeah, I'm sure there was a, a point where you were just literally tearing your hair out. I've been sick to death of listening to him as well. Oh, I mean, man. It's hard to listen to your, your album.
1: Yeah. Like, even the new album, I can't listen to it. My girlfriend listens to it. Tracks uh, like
0: Dance for me now on the other side, Incognito and Molly. Yeah, those four for me were uh, standout tracks there straight away. Uh,
1: you know what? I, I really do like Dance. You know, hmm. there's a funny thing, man. The strange thing about that album was, um, as I said, I, I wrote it when uh, we hadn't even played a gig So we didn't have a clue what any song would translate like on stage. We had no idea if it was going to move the crowd, if it was going to have any effect on them whatsoever. And it was just after it was finished and we did start playing gigs, I realised, wait a second, this album was really, really mid-tempo. Ah, okay, yeah. And we tried to play it live. It's very, very hard to get people to... I it's, don't know. Yeah, they're completely different to the new album. Yeah, yeah I can understand yeah. that. Yeah, slower. It's lower, but still you, you can still enjoy. It, of course, but yeah. Aren't going to jump up and down. It mm-hmm. doesn't have that sort of rhythm, and I learned a lot with that by playing okay. it a lot. Uh, and some songs I didn't enjoy playing live. I don't enjoy playing Molly. Hate to play it live. Hate to play dance live. Uh, uh, although they're good songs when you sit down and listen to them, I think. But playing yes. it live is. Oh it's, it's hard work. It, of course you're the reluctant singer as well. Oh of course yeah like I didn't
0: want to, I didn't want to sing either. But, but I mean uh, Jesus, thank god you did man cuz I tell you it's uh it's just a standout part of the band is your singing. Um weird,
1: huh?
0: Yeah it's it weird. is your voice soars there it's just really fucking excellent and Oh thanks a no, lot man. Look, I mean, for you to say that you were a reluctant singer, I find that fascinating. So you're really after growing into the role, I'd imagine. Well, you know, after
1: the first one, we, I, I intentionally turned down the volume constantly. Okay. Every time Alexi would say, oh, no, we put the volume up on the mix. I was like, oh, no, no, I fucking can't listen to my voice. Put it down, put it down. Mm. And if you, when you hear the album, you realise it is quite low, the voice. Yeah. So I don't know, I think I just, uh, I suppose I heard um, a lot of good reviews about the first one. Okay. So, um, the first album and when we were playing live, I, I suppose I heard good feedback so it gave me extra confidence. Good, yeah. Uh, sing. What uh, about your uh, bandmates? Yeah, they all, they always kept saying, oh, your voice is great and I was like, Jesus, man, I can't listen to myself. I, like, I don't know if you sing yourself or even when you speak. You know when you hear yourself speak, yeah. it's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, I, I, to me, I, I sound like a fucking high-pitched drill. So, um I can't listen to my own voice, so when I'm when I'm singing, that's why I wanted to turn it down. But as I say, I I got more confidence from feedback from others, like mm. people I didn't know, people yes. who have no vested interest in like telling me that I'm good or bad. And yeah. they said it was good, so I, it gave me that extra confidence. I got way more confident when I was playing on stage. Uh, so when I did the next one, I said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go all out and just." Sing in weird ways, maybe do a falsetto here. Don't yeah. care. I yeah. think Like in that song "Animals," where we go la 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 la. la. It's f- yeah, it's fantastic, Who man. Who cares? I didn't. I was doing it in the uh, in in this room, and uh, one of my friends was in the other room giggling. me <laughs> <laughs> go la 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 because it made <laughs> no sense. But in but when I was singing it, I went, "Fuck it, it sounds good. I don't give a shit. Uh-huh. I'm gonna just take the chance on it." Yeah, that was
0: the first thing I went. To check you out on YouTube, I said I'd, I'd check you out live to see if you can um, carry find, that off. It's hard to find any stuff, to be honest. Yeah, I, I got you anyway, um, to some festival. But I mean, he, he played that song, Animals Live, and I just went, holy shit, he can fucking do this. No bother, man.
1: Oh, yeah, that was at the... Um, <clears throat>
0: it's an indoor festival, I think.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, I think we've got about 10 people standing in front of us. We were the first people on, first band on. It was um, <laughs> Romania, was it? Uh, Metal Gates? Yes, Metal Gates Metal are Metal spot on. Gates. So, you know, there's a big challenge with that song. When we do it, <laughs> when we do it live, we have this la-la-la bit in the middle. Yeah. And uh, if you're 15 people in the crowd <laughs> and you're chanting la-la-la, we, we stop the music and we ask the crowd to sing back. <laughs> you got 15 people going... <clears throat> Yeah, lad. Two of them might sing it back. <laughs> so you just have to, you fucking stand there, you get in your zone and you pretend there's 100,000 there. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, you
0: know? it's a learning curve. I must say, glad you got in, Steve and Seb, are yeah. fantastic musicians. Um, he, and Cammy's great. He's a great drummer. He struggles like most bands
1: with drummers. I uh, oh, fill a sin on that. Dude. Yeah, finding a drummer. Because uh, most drummers, any really good drummers, like Cammy's a really, really good drummer, they're good because they do it for a living oh. you know they want to be paid uh like guitarists grow on trees you know what I mean you can find right. a great guitarist anywhere but drummers it's, it's it's generally hard to find so yeah we um because a lot of some of the uh, some of the beats that I was writing were they're, they're technically quite difficult to play so we needed somebody who could do it and that wasn't going to ask us for money Everything they came to a rehearsal you okay. know so we found Cammy and he's a he's a drum teacher okay so he, he he's um, yeah we found him eventually so uh, yeah it, it, it took a long time but yeah thank God
0: yeah very much so as I said it's a it is um, a, an ongoing problem in Ireland
1: in the metal scene trying to find good drummers oh man I'm sure I'm sure I remember <laughs> even when I when I was when I was living in Ireland when I was a kid um. I was actually, yeah, you know Primordial? Of course I do, yeah. Well, of course you do, of course mm. you do. Well, uh, a good friend of mine, Simon O'Leary, the drummer. Okay. I in my first band with him. So that right. was my first band, and uh, I always I always thought Simon was a fucking great drummer, you know, mm. back in the day, but I can never find anyone good after that. Yeah, so, Jesus Christ, that's some standard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was really, really good, and uh, to try and find a drummer in Dublin then after that, because just, just for an amateur band, it was it was hard. But they don't um yeah, they're like uh, pink unicorns, you know. Yeah, and the
0: scene over in Paris, uh Gary will say you yeah, the album done, the the debut
1: album done. Yeah. What were you looking at trying to get gigs? Um were you- it was hard. It was really hard. You just get uh and every band in Ireland's gonna tell you the same thing. You just get ninety nine point nine percent doors slamming in your face constantly. They don't want to listen. Mm. You Cause here, as I was saying, the metal scene isn't huge. So you go to a lot of venues. They just think, they think you're a a metal band. They don't want to, no, 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 no. Give us some fluff pop and uh, that'll be fine. You can play then. But so they, they generally close the doors. It it took us a very, very long time to start building up a presence where we could actually start to get good gigs. Like our second gig, no, our third gig, we played on a stage. In a tiny little cafe bar, and on the stage, behind the drummer was a toilet. Uh, so during the gig, there was people coming up to take a piss right behind the drummer. Yeah. It, was just, <laughs> it was just absolutely shit. And during the song you see them, they pop their head out and they just mm. come. Man, that happened
0: to me. Uh, there was a place in New York called the Clock Tavern. And right. I was I was playing and, uh, bass. It was women's jacks behind me and the mount the girls that got clocked on the head at the top of the bass, man. Box, <laughs> I, I, yeah, so I understand, man. That's a, that's a small venue. <laughs>
1: oh, small. But you know the weird thing? Our our first gig we played in a tiny little box, a little hole. Our second gig, <laughs> just a complete stroke of look, we got to play the Elise Monmar which like bands like Mastodon will regularly come and play. It's just, a, it's, it's just a fucking, it's like legendary in Paris.
0: Yeah.
1: Total accident. Uh, there, a slot just came up. Right. And we were totally, uh, we weren't ready. We were so shit. <laughs> I mean, we got up on stage and we were so bad. I didn't know what to say to the crowd. I was, uh, walking around, didn't know what to do. My ears went, uh, my, my, my IEM went to my ears and, uh, I remember singing. there. I was useless at singing in the mic. I was watching. I kept looking at my guitar as I was playing. I wasn't singing to the microphone. It was an absolute disaster. And there was people up the front uh, leaning up against the barriers like this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The shame. The shame. (laughs) But, uh, hey, look, you live and you learn. It, it was just, it was funny. And then actually our third, the gig after that was on the toilet stage. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. down, you know? So when did your fortunes change? Fortunes, when well, <laughs> did they change? <yeah. laughs> but, uh, well, I don't know. You know, we had, um, you know, Rock Hard magazine? Yes, of course. We do, uh, yeah. that, that's <laughs> the biggest one in France as well as in Germany. But the French version, uh, one of the... Um, well, the kind of the head reviewing guy there, guy called uh, Charlie Arno. Uh, he somehow came across our first album and loved it. Right. And he started writing about us in this magazine. And I was like, you know, you're you're fucking you're are angel. <laughs> you know, you're always looking for that reviewer in the a champion, the mm-hmm. champion, yeah, yeah, who um, is gonna like your music and start to write about you. <laughs> No benefit to himself. Yeah, and uh, he started writing about us um, a good few times in the magazine, saying "Watch out for this band. Watch out for this mm. band." And uh, yeah, so we we started to pick up a bit more steam. More and more people start to see us. We start getting better gigs. The doors weren't always closing on us.
0: Yeah.
1: And. Um, because, like, you have a style of music that
0: actually would suit. Like, you could open for a death metal band. You could open for a trash band. You, you're in that kind of nice area where...
1: Yeah, that's the thing about our... We, we kind of a bit of
0: a, a, a genre hopper. Yeah, you because know, you know you've got the heaviness of the groove, but also you've got the kind of... There's rock, alternative rock.
1: There's rockin' as well. You know what? Today we were in Rolling Stone in uh, in um, France, so we're, we've got a ride up... I think it's called... Uh, song of the day or something ah, so uh, we, we've been able to go into the into the rock sphere which yes. is what we wanted to get where you can not that we don't want to be in. we, we want to be metal yeah. but we yeah. want there's, it. there's a bigger crowd yes the rock scene and there's a there's a crossover there mm. so um, yeah so we, we were in that today and some other big French magazines so it's just it's just slow man it's been six mm. years of just um, just slogging up
0: did you ever think of uh, crowdfunding?
1: Oh, we did do a crowdfund. You know what happened on our second oh. album? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, what happened was we um, we were turned down by a load of labels. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention who. Mm. We had uh, we had a guy who's a very very famous guy in the metal industry, very very influential guy. Loved the band, and. He helped us send it around to loads of labels. Uh, if I, am not going to mention his name, but if I told you, you'd know who he is. Anyway, he starts sending our stuff around to uh, a lot of the big labels, and they all fucking refused us, even though he was sending. He was saying, "You've got to watch these guys." We'll watch. Mm-hmm. We went, "Nah, nah." Had he heard some of your new stuff? I presume he had. Yeah, yeah he heard Lucifer, the first, okay. the second song on the album. He'd heard mm-hmm. that, and he loved that. And he, he sent it to Loudwire, he sent it to um, Metal Injection, all of these places, and said, have a listen. He sent it to all the labels, man, the big mm-hmm. ones, uh, in New York, anyway, and California. And uh, they just kept saying, nah, we don't want to concentrate on any new acts. Mm-hmm. It was just at the start of the, uh, the pandemic. Okay. They weren't signing any bands. They weren't, nothing was happening. Everybody was overly cautious.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was pretty disheartening. Like, we mm. just put everything into it. I, I even left my job for a whole year and oh. worked solely on this for no money for a whole year, just working on savings, uh, living on savings. So, that was a big uh, fucking, yeah, big risk I had to take, but I had to do it because I couldn't work at the same time. It was impossible. But uh, so, we, we taught that when this guy had it in his hand, we were going to get some uh some lab- big labels were gonna bite, and they didn't and uh, it was kind of devastating, you know yeah. fuck so what what do we have to do now like what what other album do we have to make now to get signed if, mm. anyway um so weird thing happened. we were um this is where this way about the crowdfunding so we had to crowdfund it because we didn't have the money to pay for promo and to launch it and yeah. stuff like that. So we had to pay for or companies and everything like that.
0: Uh-huh. So we... Uh, was there ever a conversation that it could have been an EP for a crowdfund
1: rather than an album? No, no. I I don't... I wanted to do an album. I mm. wanted... Like, it was ready. It was ready to go. Literally, the print artwork was ready to send. I just wanted it gone. Yeah. I wanted... Like, it was just... It was holding up my life. I just <laughs> wanted it gone. Yeah. So I got rid of it. So we did a crowdfund. We made... um. We made 14 and a half grand. Wow. We've Jesus Christ. The so they, they paid for our album. They paid for all the merchandise. They paid for our whole promotion campaign. Uh, and that was just from, from fans and stuff like that, just just uh, gave us money and it was amazing. One dude in the States sent us over a $1,000. Wow. Holy shit, man. I'll yeah. tell you. That's uh, passion. Man, that was nice, man. So uh, we have like community is fucking
0: great that way. It is, it you is. know, and the metal and rock community, like I mean, Jesus Christ, like they're very passionate. You will put money down, you will back a band if nobody else is fucking backing a band and they're and they want a crowdfund, you can yep. back them and you know it
1: it. Really and, and a lot fans. of those
0: people, yeah. Gary. Sorry, no I've forgotten That's a lot great. of those people haven't even seen you live, I'd imagine, as well.
1: Oh no, no, not in the States anyway, yeah. in California and never saw us live. Heard Lucifer and uh, just popped up on his um, Spotify radar mm. and uh, yeah, just, just sent us money. You know, Hi, let me just show you something. Mm. Oh, I actually I don't have the full thing here. <laughs> he actually made us these 3D models, the mutiny. Wow, <laughs> Jesus, that's so cool! I clear, the bond, you know, but uh, so so we had all that so we had the money to release thank God because honestly if we had to cut into more of our savings and stuff like that yeah. you know I think wives yeah. and girlfriends would have left us <laughs> um, so that was it uh, we had did you design the-, the artwork for it oh, no I didn't I didn't I, I had a guy uh, I, as I said I wanted to get away I, I wanted to get out of that yeah. I didn't want to design it I designed all the rest of the artwork the, mm. the, the packaging but not the uh, the main cover uh, I found a uh, another Russian, actually, an <laughs> illustrator in Moscow. Right. A guy called um, it's going to sa- it's going to sound like me saying I-, I found an Irish guy, and his name was O'Reilly. He's a <laughs> Russian guy called Smirnov. <laughs> uh, his name is Oleg Oleg Smirnov, and I found his work on Pinterest. Uh, I fell in love with it. Mm. So. He had a collection of tree. Um, okay. tree. By the way, you don't have the album, do you? I ha- well, I have it on Spotify, yeah. and I got the promo of it um, by okay. whatever oh, yeah. record label sent it to me. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Uh, so there's there's actually tree there's tree in this um, collection, uh, and we bought them. We just bought them outright. I said, right, I need to get this. It's 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 gorgeous, and. This time I was thinking about merchandise and things like that mm-hmm. later on and it had a lot more scope. So yeah, we just we just bought the rights to three pieces that we can use uh for the album and yeah, that's it. Wow.
0: Yeah, it was a good move, man. I mean, um that album cover again, it's just stunning. It catches the eye. It would look fantastic on a t
1: shirt. Oh, well, we already yeah, they're already done, thanks to Crowdfunding.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and a lot of bands, surprisingly enough do go down the route of pin interest because there's plenty of artists there that have yep. their stuff up that you can approach and
1: yep. get their stuff up. This, this dude, I when I saw the art first, I said, this guy, because I, I checked out all of his work and it was beautiful. And uh, I said, this guy's not going to, not, not for the crappy amount of money we have, he's not going to sell it to us. There's no way. Mm. He might sell us and say he was going to take 50% share of everything we, like any merchandise we sell. But no, no problem. Sold it to us. He said, "Yeah, yeah." So yeah, we were we were delighted with that. But after anyway, after the crowdfunding, uh, so that was it. It was all over. And to be honest with you, I was thinking, where do we go now? You know, of course, well, yeah, because you're you're still in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. Yeah, what happens now? We've no label. We've released an album. It's going to die a death. <laughs> it's it's just going to you know fade away. Uh, we've no booking agency. We've no. You know, we, we, we had nothing, we had no clout behind us. So um mm. it was a little bit depressing actually. Why did yeah. you
0: decide on the title of the mutiny and then not have it in as a song?
1: Oh um. Hmm. I don't know. Right. Don't know. Do you know what? I think I think we had an idea to use the mutiny as one of the songs, but in the end, I was writing, I think. You know the song Ordinary Madness? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was going to be called The Mutiny. Okay. At the end, I said, "Ah, I I, I saw the title Ordinary Madness. Uh, I think it was um, a book titled by uh, Lukowski, I think. I can't remember but it has no relation to the book at all. But I love the name Ordinary Madness. Uh, so I think that was going to be called, I think that was going to be the mutiny, but in the end of it, now I'll use Ordinary <laughs> Madness. So then the mutiny just got put on the front. You just find right <laughs> there, you know? So, uh, but the mutiny is really just essentially, it's just a metaphor for the struggle. And that's why we have like the struggle between like your your, your own mental health, your your, 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 your happiness, your sadness, everything in life you're and that's i suppose that's why we have the wolf what really gripped me when i saw this image i saw the man struggling with the wolf the, the the beast is what's inside you and he's trying to kill this beast yeah um and we thought that the mutiny was also a really good title it was like you're the beast had uh sounding stupid the beast has formed a mutiny against you <laughs> and you were trying to you were trying to destroy this beast yeah struggle um, within yeah. yeah
0: I suppose because a lot of uh, bands have been sitting on albums right through COVID yeah. I don't think a lot of those albums will be coming out uh, full of happiness and fucking joy um, how difficult was it to stay away from writing songs about COVID oh easy yeah.
1: Fucking easy. Mm. I, 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 when I see those five letters, I just want to, <laughs> yeah. I, it just, I, I'm just so sick to death. am sick to me. I with it. It's just, um, I've never read about COVID. Yeah. I don't, I, I haven't come across COVID. it yet.
0: Like, but I'm sure there's going to be one band out there that will fucking try
1: and pass it off. It could be, well, unless it's a, it's a, Unless it's, um, I don't know... Well, it could co- be hidden under a few metaphors for other things. Yeah, it, you would know. Have to be, it would have to be... It wouldn't be on a mainstream agenda, COVID uh, lyrics. It would have to be uh, some sort of uh, alternative view that we don't hear on YouTube because it's censored. But um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think for anybody right now to write about COVID is a dead nail for them. Because, first of all, they would probably get cancelled... Yeah. They'll, they, you know, the the algorithm will be up against them mm. all the time. So, uh, yeah, and I don't think anybody wants to hear about COVID. Yeah. You know. So hopefully, hopefully, maybe, maybe in um, in ten years we can all look back and go, mm. "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. And then write about it with a mm. a, a clearer mind. Mm. Jesus, no, I don't even know what I'm going to write about for next album. Sure, I haven't got a damn thing written. Ah,
0: so that that was my next question. Was there any songs that were left out? Any orphans left out of the album? Yeah,
1: I have like Kirk Hammett. I have a phone full of songs. Okay. Uh, so unlike Kirk Hammett, I don't want to lose my phone. Yeah. Uh, so I've just got a load of them there, man. Most of my riffs now, I just I pick up my guitar, I don't plug it in, I just put it on the uh, on the uh, the voice recorder on the iPhone here, and uh, just play. Acoustics, Mm. play riff, riff, riff. And then later on, I'll just go through all of those riffs and start to just kind of um, select which ones are good, which ones are rubbish. But I also, um, I don't really listen, I don't listen to any music generally. Uh, Actually, I never listen to music, which is weird. Really? Never, no, never.
0: This is a strange one, though. I mean... it's, It's weird. Are you more me. into conversations, as in like yeah. listening to podcasts and
1: stuff? Is it? I or- listen to podcasts all day long. I listen yeah. to uh, spoken word all the time. Just mm. you know, I don't know. I can't. I don't know what it is. I I love music, you know. And when I hear a song, uh, it can really it really moves me, you know. But I don't go out of my way to ever go onto Spotify play a song. Nothing, so in a way, like, yeah, it's kind of odd. Like, uh, as a musician, yeah, definitely, <laughs> it's really, really odd, man. But you know what? you know, listen
0: way- to um, sometimes you would get fed up of it. When well, what I like to do is, I'd like to just, I, I like going to maybe orchestra music or film,
1: yeah, I love film I, I scores, love, I love scores, I love uh, Thomas Newman, Hans Zimmer. James Newton Howard. Oh well, there you go, man. So I, yeah, I, I love all of these guys, but you know, there's something weird. The, the weird thing about me is this: that I, I, because I, I used to listen to music when I was uh, way younger, and all of these guys and all of these composers that I still listen to the same ones. Mm. Uh, the memory of them is still there. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Of course, yeah. So, but it's like even with like any any metal influence for me was always all the way back to when I was a kid, like like, Injustice for All.
0: Yeah, we're all guilty of it, man. And I think um, the more people admit to it, the better, man. My listening zone is like from fucking
1: 1980, probably to 88. Yeah, I go to 90. I go to about the Black Album. Okay. Uh, Well, actually, no, no. I think there's a Far Beyond Driven. I think that came out around 92 or 3, something like that. But yeah, honestly, and all the old suicidal tendencies, love that. Oh, oh, okay. it's now just, we're talking. Yeah, now we're talking. Lights, camera, revolution. Mm. Oh, man, I love all of that. I just never, never keep up with what's going on. So in a way, I've probably said this a million times if, you, if you've read any interviews or anything, of like that, but I think that um, uh, in a way, not listening to music is kind of helped it's because you were saying earlier that like our music is kind of rock, it's metal, there's some... I don't know, there's some little bits of gent in it. There's all sorts of different elements in the music. And I suppose it's because, I, I don't know, because I'm not listening to one type of music all the time. I'm not mm-hmm. listening to any music. No. So just when, I, when I'm making music, I just, um, I'm just playing what I want to play. That, co influential are the other members of the in, band? In the, in the songwriting, songwriting process, yeah. Uh, well, I, I write about 95% of, of the tracks. Okay. Um, the guys, uh, Stephen, would uh, he he will send me a riff sometimes, like the the the, the beginning of like the lighthouse. There's an, there's an acoustic part. Yeah. He came into the studio one day with something. It, it was I had to change it a bit to fit the rhythm, but it was pretty much like that. And so what would happen is I would go, okay, fucking record that. Mm. So I would just take that home and then. He'd he'd hear the rest of the song then after I just built it up. Yeah. If I'm not good, um, I'm not good working with anyone else uh, when I'm when I'm doing music. I'm I'm useless at it.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't. I. It's hard to have somebody else saying, "Oh, no, put this here or put that." Here. Do you think that could change? With maybe obviously with COVID, you, you couldn't
0: all meet up and stuff. But do you think as a band maybe? That's probably two or three years down the line with more rehearsals together, more yeah, gigs yeah. together. Could that could that be... I think, um,
1: I, I think you're right. I think that if we were touring more and we yeah. were moving around the country on a bus and I'm not just sitting there in my own little zone and we're jamming, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think there's definitely an element to that. But I mean, as I said, it's only your second album anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. So I just, I hope that would happen, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, you don't, we don't get to practice that much. So we don't... Uh, So I can't depend on waiting to get into a studio to to write tracks. But certainly on the road, yeah, you definitely definitely get very, very creative. And there's one thing, when you do come off stage as well, you're pretty fucking psyched as well. And sometimes you want to keep playing. Mm. you know so how does a band like Molly Barn
0: uh, find an audience that is probably just saturated at the moment with really good bands uh how do you find like well, what do you mean like how do you find like your audience yes um now i mean obviously this album uh, the mutiny is a fucking serious step up in relation to your debut are you kind of depending a lot on pr companies or, or i know no well, you've a record label uh, which is a great um Inside Out Music, which is part yeah. of Sony, they're yeah. behind you now as well.
1: So yeah, it is fucking super, which actually helps open up a lot of doors as well because the people take you a little bit more serious now. Yes, just because you stick their logo on the end of your uh, <laughs> on the end of your poster, but what, what they say is, "Oh, oh, it's Sony." Oh, well, they well, maybe they're all right, you know. Mm. When you're just an indie band, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, you can still do it, but it's. Oh, it's a, it's an uphill struggle, and um, so uh, now yeah we have we have um, we have two um, uh, booking agents now. We have one in the UK, which is called K Two. Right, I heard and of them actually. Yeah, yeah they uh, they do Metallica, Ghost, Slayer. They've got all these huge acts, and they got Molly. <laughs> so we're trying to get onto some. Um, some rosters. We're on their roster. We're just trying to get onto some, uh, some tours with some bigger bands. But of course, there's a, such a backlog. It's it's, it's hard. See, that's, yeah. that's the I mean, problem. But in the States, we have uh, Global Artist Management. And again, they're Metallica Ghost in the States. So it's it's it's, a, it's kind of the same company. Okay. So we're in good hands. Right. We've, we've, like, the agencies are fucking huge, these booking agencies. So, we just have to hope to God that um, the bands that they're sending their our music to like us. Yes. And um, and and then promo, yeah, we have PR company working with us now, but that's because of the label. Uh, mm-hmm. The label provide all of that. So yeah, it's 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 easier. It's, well, it's not easier. I mean, they're it's, they're not going to do all the work for you. You know, you still have to produce all the graphics. You have to come up with a lot of the ideas as to what you want to post. How you. Would they kind of? Uh, they're sort of like the conduit to market. Yes, um, mm. it's just a lot easier now, man. Um, yeah. But what will make it much much, much easier will be a tour. Where you're located, you
0: couldn't be in a better location realistically yeah, for Europe anyway.
1: Sure, for, for sure. But uh, I just love to do, and man, I would love to play Dublin yeah. or just Ireland. I just yeah. wow, that would be the best. Yeah. That would be the best. um
0: of course, it would, man. I mean, as I said, it's it's going to be. It won't be next year. It'll probably be the year after because, like, everything is just bottlenecked in Ireland as well. Yeah, it um, certainly is.
1: What about the guys in uh, DMEs or the promotions? H, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, Fergal Holmes. No, so H would be definitely one to talk. to. And as I said to you, man, uh, the Belfast scene is fantastic altogether. Um, you go down a treat cool. up in Belfast. That's so. Be cool. Your word, which would be James Love, Love Day of the Distortion Project.
1: Um, oh yeah, mm. you know, um, ten ton slug. Of course I do. Yeah, great they, mates. Oh yeah, really. Uh, we um, we were meant to meet them over in Metal Days. Never happened, but uh, but uh, we we just Facebook contact. You know. as Yeah. Well, uh, they're 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 great lads. They've um, they've managed to do a lot of tours around the UK as well. They have. We yeah. were invited back to Metal Days to play on the main stage for. Uh, I think it was la- uh, the year before last. Yes, correct, yeah. They're yeah. a boom band, eh? They're um, from
0: Galway, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, great lads. They're more or less having their album done as well. Um, oh, really? What number album are they on now? <sighs> it's, well, it's going to be their first album, actually, you No. Know? Oh, no way. Uh, really? Mm, so long ago, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're well-named. That's all I'll say. They're moving slowly. <laughs> Imagine getting
1: on the likes of Hellfest now, for example. Do you know, Hellfest again. It's um, we we have the promoter over here. We we work with a promoter over here in Base Promotions, and they deal with Hellfest. We just came. We we just signed up with them, literally after Hellfest was completely booked out. Mm-hmm. It, it was just. I think they had just announced all the acts. And uh, then we had our little deal with Pace Productions, who are the yeah. who would have probably got us on. I think the only way we'll get onto Hellfest this year, uh, next year, is if there's a cancellation. Yeah, you know. But certainly want to for yourself, like in the lads. Wow. Oh man, it's like me wanting to play over in Dublin. The, the guys mm. like to play Hellfest. It's like the holy shrine. You know. Yeah, of course it is, man. You know, I got out
0: of there when I got too busy, man. We went there for um, you know, yeah. four or five years, man, and the
1: crowds just started
0: getting bigger and bigger, and we just went, ugh.
1: Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. And come here, when you were in Hellfest, because um, I was there for, for the first time I was there four years ago, and it was, uh, yeah, pretty fucking packed. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm able to curse on your podcast, right? <laughs> you are, of course, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I went two years ago and it was really getting packed. So I can imagine next year is going to be uncomfortably packed, you know? Mm. It's got to that stage where you can't get a drink. Yeah, yeah uh, fuck that, man. You it's, know? It's, it's crazy. Like, what, what is the official
0: attendance there now? Is it open to oh, around 120,000 yeah. people? Is oh, it something nutty, yeah. Mm. It's, when it's I was crazy. going, it was only half that. It was like around 50,000,
1: you know, and you sure. plenty of room to roam around. yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what I hear. A lot of my mates ago who've been going for the last seven, eight, nine years have told me about the progression. Mm-hmm. They, they still love, but like, oh, it's just it's just packed. They, they, they need to open it up. They need to start opening up the – like, even in the VIP <laughs> – I got into the VIP bar. <laughs> uh, so, uh, by the way, that means nothing. <laughs> There's another VIP level that I can't get into. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're in this VIP uh, – this bar – and you can't get up to the you can't get up to the bar it's that packed you know so uh so I imagine what it's when, to, when you're trying to get into a bar outside that VIP area it's an absolute nightmare so yeah I think I'm sure in the last year they've opened it up a bit more because they know it's so mm. packed it's it's just overflowing now mm. talk you to know? me
0: about your videos man do you enjoy doing them uh hate them
1: <laughs> okay
0: that's Absolutely- fair enough
1: I hate doing videos. Uh, there, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of work involved in in, in the videos, and um, we have I think we have f- we have three. I oh know we have four clips now, yeah. and yeah, there's so much work involved, so much preparation to get them to get them ready. Um, How do you decide on who's uh, directing them and camera work and stuff? See who's available. It's it's okay. very very difficult. It's really really hard to find. A good director in France, in yeah. Paris, surely not. <laughs> Man, you've got, a, you've got a small budget. You know, that's budget the difference. Money, yes, you know. Um, so you have to kind of meet somebody who, who likes the band. Like the last, the last one we did, Lucifer. The director did it boards. Is it boards? Boards. Yeah. yeah. He um, did he, a great job. He did a really nice job, and he did it for buttons. And okay. Really pro guy, and um, so that was actually a breeze. That one was a breeze. Yeah. He just, I, I just took a step back and let him do do all the work. We gave him we we, we always provide like a storyboard of what okay. we want. Um, and uh, I'll do a lot of well for animals or the the previous one, uh, 24 hours. Mm. I'll design a lot of the graphics that I want put into it. Okay. So there's a lot of storyboarding, a lot of a lot of work. That's why I hate. But I hate standing around all day and and miming. It's it's, it's kind of it's a pain in the arse. But anyway, you have to do. You have to do. them. Yeah. And
0: especially with spe- Molly. That was like
1: out in some beach, was it, or something like that, that? Man, we did that. I had to go find an old TV. I found it on like a buy and sell. Okay. Website, and I went to some place way out in the suburbs of Paris. Found this TV from. Uh, the 1950s and had to get it and put it in a Fiesta. So I, the weight of this TV, the whole car was like this. But when I got back from the garage, because I knew we weren't going to be able to carry this TV like a kilometer onto a beach, because we couldn't drive down. Oh, yeah. oh man, it got worse. The, uh, the, the, I had to literally take out the interior of the TV. So I had to smash this beautiful old TV. It was just such a shame. Anyway, uh, so I lightened it by about ninety percent. Uh, we got to the beach, which was in Normandy, um, quite Red near spot. It. Yeah, uh, it was quite a wet, sludgy sort of day. We had to park the car probably a kilometer away, and we had to carry all of our equipment, everything down on this sludgy beach all the way down to this particular spot. And when we get to that particular spot, we realized we forgot something in the fucking van. We'd go back. <laughs> Get it. and you're getting more manky and manky every time, and so eventually uh, I said, right, I, I I can't keep walking up now, so I took the van and I drove really fast so it wouldn't sink, but I burst the petrol tank. Jesus and all Christ! Was leaking petrol, and uh, it was a mess. But uh, we also we had a we drive. actually still filmed it that day, like oh yeah, we 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 had to film it, you know, and it was just it was leaking out, so we didn't know whether we could start the car again. And um, so we had a drone and uh, yeah. it was interfering with the airport, which was just <laughs> right across the way. It was a total mess. And we shot it, man, in three hours. Fuck. In three hours. Like, the actual footage was three hours long, that's all. And I'll be honest, the director, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll say it, he, he didn't give a shit. So he, uh, he just filmed it. He, he left, like, there was houses in. There was even a, there was even a shot where the drone had a had a shot of him filming us left in the clip, right, with all his bags. It was just a, he did it, I think he just did it in about 10 minutes. He, he edited it together. So we had to take that whole clip. I had to learn how to edit. I had to learn more After Effects. To do oh, my all, God. Do all of that and re-edit the whole clip. So, so when I say videos are a pain in the arse, that's what I mean. But that's a great. That, but that was only your. That was your first video, though. Wasn't it was it? the first video, yeah, and the only one we did off that album. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't do it again. It was like, "No, we can't," because we. I think about ten people saw it, so we were thinking we can't do that again. <laughs> <For> ten views, <laughs> and it was hurting me, family.
0: You know, so I have a track here anyway off the new album. It's called "Slave to the Algorithm," and yeah. uh, we'll give this a listen to. I totally love this sound. Good stuff. bass is so in your fucking face for this album
1: yeah i i I, that's the thing is um i would prefer to be a bass player than a guitarist i just love bass it's uh so when i'm writing those um those riffs on the bass like when i'm just recording the rough saying i i'm playing it like a guitar player you know yeah so i suppose maybe that's why it sounds Chunky like that. I add a lot of disto to it. I actually use um uh the it's our bass player Seb, who uh, introduced me to this. It's the uh, it's a dark glass. Have you heard of dark glass? Oh, you must know dark glass as a bass player. No, it, I wouldn't be much known into fix, like you know. but uh, go on. Right. It's just it's just a it's just a preamp, and okay. uh, it gives you that fucking that monster clank <laughs> without without fucking. Without destroying the distortion on the left and the right, it punches you in the center. Mm. But um so it's kind of like now, like for me it's gonna be my signature well the signature sound of all of the albums, I think. Gonna keep that bass sound. I fucking love it. Um excellent. Yeah. Um, as
0: a guitarist, how hard is it to keep chopping and changing instruments? Are you quite happy with what you have?
1: Well, I have uh, I play Les Paul here. This is the one. This is what I generally use uh, when I'm touring or when we're uh, in the studio. I actually recorded the whole album with this as well. Right, excellent. It's, it's just a it's a standard Les Paul, but it's it's a modern one. So it's um it's got a uh, high output pickups and um which are uh, I think they're a Nico fives, but it burst bookers. So you get a it's it's still um they're still passive because I'm not a huge fan of EMGs or uh, active pickups um, but uh, so I've been using that but um, I've just got an endorsement from a very fancy guitar company Plug? Uh, oh I, you can't plug it yet? no. <laughs> I not think I can plug it yet not that anyone cares but I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> I'll plug it later because I'm really happy about it it's, it's kind of a dream of mine okay. uh, but but uh, let us just say that it's um, it's the same shape as the last Ball. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> that, 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 that's the shape I love. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I can't say it now because yeah. no one, no one cares. But I'm just saying I, I better mm. not say it until I put the post up on Facebook. Yeah, Cool. You know the album launch is November the fifteenth
0: in Le Boule Noir. Is it? Is that yeah, still
1: going ahead? Yeah, the Black Ball. It's um, yeah, yeah, that's happening. It's a, it's uh. Problem, the only problem with that gig is because in Paris now capacities are uh, they're still small. So right now we can only fit 175 people in. So we're we're hoping that um, we're hoping that Macron is going to uh, I don't know give a speech on the first of November and tell us all that he's opened it up a bit more so we can maybe yeah. have 200 300 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hopefully, we can we can get a bigger crowd in there. I think the capacity is something like four or 500. So, it would be nice to have a... That's nice. A, nice crowd place, you know? Yeah, that's a really nice crowd. But, um, so, yeah, that's going ahead. And you're uh, running
0: a competition as well, aren't you, for fans yeah. to apply for it?
1: Yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we're running a competition because it's invite only. You can't buy the tickets. So, so we're giving, I think, um, 25 or 50 tickets away or something like that. Mm. We can't. the thing is we can't get much because of the capacity so yes. hopefully as I say hopefully it opens up now uh, on the 1st of November and then yeah we can we can bring a lot more people which yeah. is, would be super because right now we can't even uh, we can't even invite our friends or our family it's nuts it's yeah, yeah it's mad so um yeah, hopefully, hopefully. As I say, hopefully. We're going to have to ramp up
0: the rehearsals uh, for that date, man.
1: Yeah, we are, because if there's any media there, we can't embarrass ourselves. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, so actually we're doing, um, we're going up north to uh, Lille in France. Uh, we're doing a residency for four days in a, in a big venue there. Wow. So we're just going to do everything for four days, flat out, uh, do all the sound, uh, lights, all of that. And uh Hopefully we'll be uh, yeah. Hopefully we won't embarrass ourselves because it is the first gig in Jesus eighteen months. Yeah. So you're gonna be you're gonna be rusty. Mhm. Um. So. Yeah, plenty of stuff to iron out, man. Um, yeah. Anything else, Gary? Uh. Anything else? No, not not. Buy the album. <laughs> buy me <the> album. <laughs> yeah, buy the album. Just uh, just I don't know. I just I'm just happy that um. I'm just happy to get the word out in Ireland. Really. Mm, that's that's, help. that's just the most important thing to me, really. Just so, uh, yeah, it's just great to, to get people at home to listen. To mm, me. Of course. Now, all your stuff is, it's not on
0: Bandcamp. Is it, is it through your uh, website? You can order the album and merch? You can,
1: yeah, you can buy all the merch. and uh, I, uh, I would hope you'd come to the website to buy the merch and the album because we get all the money in it. But, okay, uh, well, there you go then, yeah. There's a, there's a message. Yeah. But um, then you can... Um, no, we don't have Bandcamp running like that. Mm. So it's all on our site. Excellent stuff. Um, Is there yeah. physical copies of the album to be bought yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have all the physical albums there, and, but we don't have any vinyls. We, had, um, we actually had a, a gatefold, a double vinyl, that we, done, we printed ourselves after the crowdfunding. Um, which was which was is gorgeous, you know. But we've only got about, I think we've only two hundred of them left, and we're keeping them for the tour, because um, yes. we can't because we have the label now, we can't print them again. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, the only things you can buy now on the on the web are the uh, the CDs and the t shirts t-shirts, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Excellent stuff. So Gary
0: Kelly, an absolute pleasure to talk to you, man. You um, Thanks very much. Wishing you just. The success you deserve is the best way now i i will award that man you're, and, very um, kind. you're very kind and pass on all my regards to steve Sid, and camille as well yeah i will do no problem man listen okay. thanks a lot yep yeah. so you've been listening to rich from the metal cell podcast and uh crucially support your local metal scene.